This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are getting closer to fall camp, baby. It's Tuesday. August 3rd, thanks for being here. I am Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a man who just wants to win a couple of tickets to Las Vegas to watch the Cougars play the Wildcats. His name is Jason Shepard. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I am probably not eligible uh, for two tickets to Vegas. Ironically enough, I will not actually be in Vegas for that You're, game. I, I will be back here. Listen, you and I are the <laughs> hold down the fort guys. We're going to be holding down the fort yes, back here. exactly. Doing our thing from the studios. Yep, yep. And so, but... Just because we can't go to Vegas doesn't mean others can't go to Vegas. Okay, let's talk about it. This is awesome. This came out this morning on social media in case you missed it. BYU TV Sports, BYU Sports Nation. Football season's almost here. BYU TV sending two football fans to the season opener against Arizona and Vegas. Yeah, baby. One grand prize winner gets a trip for two, including flight, transportation, lodging, plus tickets to the game, of course. Five second-place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and Roku. How about that? Daily on BYU Sports Nation, we will reveal the word of the day. Once you have the word, go to BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Click on the link to enter. Winners will be selected, and random entry does not guarantee a prize. Today's word is Vegas. Vegas. And that game is how many days away again? Countdown to the Wildcats. 32 days. A Jimmer's worth. Or a Dennis Pitta's worth. Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, also of note in Provo today. Oh, this is, is big. <laughs> there is a restaurant that we're a fan of that's opening up. It's Raisin Cane's. Okay. Good chicken. We always get it at the West Coast Conference Tournament. Jason's the hold down the fort guy, actually. Good to go to that one. <laughs> Not this last year, though. Apparently, I'm being kept from Vegas for some reason. I don't quite understand. Well, we know what happened in the 90s. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Raisin Cane's, we actually have a – we knew there would be a long line. So, we actually have one of our – uh, outstanding students, Taylor Osler, on the scene. No, but it's our Raising Canes Ra- correspondent. Raising Canes, BYU Sports Nation correspondent, Taylor Osler is on the scene. <laughs> Look at that. Look at this line. Cosmo. Cosmo's, Cosmo's there. there. There's a massive line around the building. So what we're hoping for Taylor is, one, he'll actually get some food before the show ends and we'll get it. But two, that he actually orders some food for us and not just himself. Yeah, in, ca- so in case he's we'll wondering see. what we want, chicken fingers. Yeah, we he knows our orders because you, that's well because that's what they serve. You want to f- <laughs> this just in uh, five piece for you, a three piece for me. So let's go. Hopefully we'll get it by the end of the show. We'll see. Just so, knowing it's nearby fans. warms my heart. Yes, but it will get in and outed. It will get creeded. It will get nickelbacked. Meaning it used to be better. Look, at, it. <laughs> Look at this graph. <laughs> Here's your show lineup. Is there any reason not to take a Big 12 invite if BYU gets one? What? Like I said yesterday, I've completely changed, uh, you know, my opinion on this. Blaine, what are you talking about? What are you doing here, Devin? Blaine Fowler on that and newcomers to watch in fall camp. What position should BYU football be known for moving forward? Obviously, it's been quarterbacks. Is it still quarterbacks? Adam Schefter thinks Tom Brady looks the same age as Zach Wilson. And a Top 5 Tuesday featuring your boy, Neil Pau. Jason, give us some headlines. I also just realized the last time I was on the show, uh, I also made a Californians reference, so I don't want this to start to becoming S- a thing. <laughs> SNL so, sketch. So I am, uh, yes, I am not do. going to do this. You actually do. Yes. All right. BYU football, according to CBS, was ranked 45th. They ranked 
all of the 130 teams. So one through 130, BYU coming in at number 45. And look, it's a perfect week to be talking BYU football, as is any week, because fall camp is starting on Thursday in preparation for the upcoming season. Make sure to follow BYU TV Sports on Instagram for fall camp coverage, including post uh, practice interviews. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do you know all the socials, but specifically Instagram, UATV Sports for live post practice interviews, yeah. which would be great. Chris Wilcox returns to Tampa Bay for the Bucks practice after a hamstring injury. He missed one week, but he's back now. Hopefully, it wasn't a pull, maybe just a little tweak, but uh, certainly that's a notable injury for a cornerback. Two BYU women's golfers are in action at the U.S. Uh, women's Amateur. Uh, Alicia May Mateo. Finished round one at one under par, currently tied for ninth. She tees off at 1.24 p.m. Eastern time. Also, Kirsten Fotu was seven over in the opening round yesterday, currently a plus two through 14 today, right now tied for 117th place. Yesterday, Rhett Rasmussen qualified for the Corn Ferry Tour event at Oak Ridge Country Club, joining Daniel Summerhays and Patrick Fishburne there as well. Good luck to those three guys. And in the minors, Colton Shaver went one for four in the Sugarland Skeeters, 8-7 loss to the El Paso Chihuahuas. Okay then, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Last week, Spencer and I discussed if the Big 12 invited BYU right now, would we take an invite? We both said no. I made the analogy to it being a burning building or a car that had just been in a uh, totaled. I've completely changed my mind on this, so let's talk and feel how, see how you feel, Jason. <laughs> Is there any reason BYU wouldn't or shouldn't take an invite to the Big 12 if invited? No, and I will kindly ask you to never ask that question again, sir. No, you're, you're, the, you're the biggest Big 12 fan. <laughs> look, look and, and this goes beyond just me being a, you know, wanting BYU in beyond belief. They're here, okay, I will, I will take that back one thing. Yeah. If the Big 12 says, here is an invite you have to play on Sunday, BYU is not going to go. Yeah. That's the only, but here's the thing. The Big 12 is not going to offer an invite attached with you have to play on Sunday because they know BYU is not going to do it. So that scenario is not going to play out. In my mind, there is no scenario in which BYU receives an offer and they say no. Yeah. And this is not a perfect analogy, but especially based off the way the movie turned. But I, I bring it back to a movie that I love. Late 80s this is a movie called Can't Buy Me Love. Have you seen this with I Patrick Dempsey? I don't think I have. Seen okay, this. it's very, so. it's a very good movie. Can't buy, thanks for not knowledge shaming me. The the uh, the premise of it is there's this guy, he's, he's kind of a nerd, doesn't have a you Hold know. On, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but what he does, yeah. there's this very popular girl who ends up needing to replace a dress that she ruined now, for her mom. Now Brian Logan made a similar analogy yesterday. Okay, so. This guy says, I will, I will give you the money to replace the dress, but I want you to bring me into your circle and make me popular. Mm. So all he did was get you know, into this group, and by being around this group, he became, every, everything changed. Everybody looked at him differently. Mm. That's how I look at BYU in this situation. All you need to do is get in the conference, and people will view you differently. So BYU you do not buy its way you do, into the big draw. You do not have to... You don't have to uh, take this this situation and, and overthink it. If there's an opportunity to 
elevate BYU, you get into that right away. Whatever happens down the road happens down the road. But if there's a chance to get in now, you get in now. Let's further your analogy. Let's say BYU and its uh, Silicon Slopes homies say, hey, we'll we'll flip the bill for a year or two early for Texas and Oklahoma to go to the SEC. And we won in. There's your buy-in. Okay. There's your literal buy-in yes. to the Big 12. Obviously, there's some complication that uh, BYU have to get through. Um, it's not really BYU. It's actually the Big 12 wanting to invite BYU. If BYU gets an invitation, like you said, that means the Big 12 is willing, uh, uh, willing to deal with certain things relative to BYU. All right, let's figure out what BYU TV means. Let's figure out, are we, are we cool with some issues that came up in 2016? LGBTQ+. Uh, so how is Sunday play affecting Olympic sports like women's basketball, men's basketball, soccer, volleyball, and so on? Um, I feel like if the Big 12 really wants to figure it out with BYU, they totally can. It's just whether Agreed. they're willing to do it. Yes. I hope the Big 12 – and again, initially when we brought this up, I thought, well, the Big 12's in shambles. We don't know if it's going to stay. The conversations we've had the last couple of days, including one with Brett McMurphy yesterday, feel like – why would the Big 12 let go of what it has? The only way the Big 12 doesn't survive, obviously, is if they get plucked from. But if those eight teams stick together, they're at least a Power 5 league through 2025. Now, if they want to add people and uh, you know get a new TV deal, and who knows, is that still with ESPN, despite sort of the public laundry, dirty laundry airing that happened last week? The, the projection we learned yesterday via multiple reports is that uh, Texas and Oklahoma comprise about 50% of the value of the TV contract. So Which is not surprising. Each, Well, just on the surface, it's like, wow, 50% for two teams? Um, I would argue that's pretty big for any league. Um, the value of Texas and Oklahoma is pretty high for the top two teams. Like, would you, Do you think that Ohio State and Michigan do the same thing in the Big Ten? Do you feel like Alabama and Georgia do the same thing in the SEC? I'm not quite sure. I think that's a pretty big ratio for the Big 12. So 28 mil a year in TV revenue revenue per team goes down to about 14 is an estimate. Um, it's a chunk you're losing. It is a chunk. That is a massive chunk. So I'm, I'm with you. Listen, if BYU is getting 14 mil a year, that's got it. I don't know the number BYU is getting from ESPN now, but I don't believe that that is a lower number from the Big 12 than what BYU is getting now. I believe that's a higher number Anywhere from 2 to $8 million more. So you take that. Yes. Like, if the Big 12 invites BYU, even though that league could fall apart in the next couple of years, I say you still go in. Independence will always be there. And yes, is that house on fire? Maybe it's a little less smoky than I thought. Because talking to Brett McMurphy, he's like, why would they go to the AAC? They get more money with their own TV deal. They still are a Power 5 league and have automatic status in terms of the play, uh, the New Year 6 and whatnot, da 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 why would they let go of that? I, I don't see why they would. So jump into that if you can. Yes. If there's an opportunity, you 100% take it, and then you worry about the other stuff down the road. Once you know that the, the situation with the Sunday play and all that has been worked out, you get into that league because, again, like you said, we don't know the figure that BYU earns, but we're assuming that that would be an increase in revenue. And speaking of the increase in revenue to what you talked about in terms of the, the amount that the Big 12 is losing without Oklahoma and Texas. If you're the Big 12, 100%, the number one thing that you are looking to do in terms of additions is to try and recoup some of that revenue that you've lost. Or at the very least, at least try not to go any lower. 
It, so in my mind, of all of the teams that are being talked about, BYU obviously in there, Central Florida, Cincinnati, you know, Houston, Cincinnati, Memphis, all of those. There is nobody that can bring you the value that BYU can in terms of revenue. And I would, and, and some will say, well, how, how can you prove that? This is the way I look at it. If can Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston, Memphis, can they go independent and earn what BYU is earning on their own? I do not believe they can. Like with a TV contract? With a TV contract with ESPN. I do not believe they can come close to what BYU has done in terms of the the broadcast rights that they have earned on their own as an independent with ESPN. I do not believe any other school that realistically is being talked about moving in can do that. So, therefore, in my mind, BYU head and shoulders above everybody else brings the most value revenue-wise, which is exactly what the Big 12 is looking for right now. They have to look at it in a, as a revenue situation. Unless Jeff Bezos is a huge Bearcat fan. <laughs> That's the only he's, way it's like different He's too worried about space, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's looking down going, where's the Big 12 again? Yeah, that's a great point, and that's a good way to sort of evaluate that. I agree with that, totally. So we'll see what the Big 12 does. And if BYU does get a Big 12 invite, that'd be incredible, right? It'd be the biggest moment, not in the athletic history of BYU, but in the university's history, honestly. Yeah. It would be, because it can change the fortunes. Would it change beyond 2025? We'll see what the Big 12 looks like after that year. But hopefully BYU gets an invite. We'll see. I don't actually believe that's in BYU's uh, control. That's absolutely in the Big 12's control. Our question of the day. Is there any reason you would want BYU to turn down a Big 12 invite if BYU got it? Why? Why not? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Honestly, that's uh, at swooshlive59 on Instagram. Honestly, that is like asking me if I did or did not want a cougar tail. Give me the cougar tail. (laughs) Give me the Big 12. Amen to that. Everyone loves a cougar tail. Oh, the maple bar. It's so good. And it's uh, whenever my family goes to a game and they bring back a cougar tail, I'm like, how are we going to eat this thing? It is, it is like And then it's gone like five seconds later. Long. It's great. Yeah, and then uh, Tate and Venna get after it. So there you go. <laughs> All right, coming up, Zach Wilson looks about the same age as a certain NFL goat. And Blaine Fowler joins the show. He's looking young, looking spry. How long before BYU needs to name a quarterback starter internally to get those first team reps? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is back. Watch as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon review the most exciting scoring plays from the 2020 BYU football season. AFR available today at 7 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's back. Yeah, baby. Can't wait to see it tonight. It's going to be awesome. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. This just in from Max Olson of The Athletic. I don't like this, Jerem. Sources, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby is meeting with Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov today to discuss the possibility of a scheduling alliance, merger, or other options for their conferences to strategically work together. Let's bring in Blaine Fowler to talk about that. Blaine, uh, you just heard the news uh, per Max Olson of The Athletic. What are your thoughts on that? And uh, that doesn't seem like it's good news for BYU because the Cougars need the Big 12 to be a little desperate and to expand. 
right? I, I'm, I think that the Cougars need somebody to be a little bit desperate and expand. And I, I don't understand why the Pac-12 hasn't been more desperate, um, or at least we haven't heard that they've been desperate, but perhaps this is the start of them looking for options here. Um, and I know people said that the Pac-12 would never have BYU in it, but these are different. These are very different times right now. And I think anything is on the table for both of those leagues. Certainly for BYU, it's not good news if the Pac-12 and the Big 12 say, hey, let's just combine what we've got left and call it good. Um, I'd, I'd prefer them to stay separate. Anybody that's a BYU fan would prefer them to stay separate. And one or the other of those leagues understand that they can't just stay where they're at and get passed by, especially the Big 12. So, yeah, that's not great news, Jerem. Not great news at all. So in our last segment, Blaine, we were talking about, well, the, the question, is there any reason if BYU to receive, were to receive an invite from the Big 12 that BYU shouldn't go or wouldn't go? H- how would you answer? Can you see any reason BYU would say no? Yeah, if more teams from the Big 12 uh, say they don't work out an agreement and the Pac-12 steals um, Baylor, Texas Tech, um, I'm trying to think of who else would be the best for them. But, but say they take some of the top Oklahoma state is the, you know, kind of the, the, one of the best programs in terms of financial stability and all that left. So say they take a Baylor, Texas tech, TCU and Baylor into the, into the pack 12. And then the big 12 says, Hey, come, come join us. I'm not sure there's enough of a league left. Um, even if you added a bunch of AAC teams along with BYU to make that better than independence would be at this point for BYU. Um, so as the league stands right now, if everyone stays Pat, other than the two that we already know have um, made or started this effort to get in the SEC and are on their way to the SEC. If, if everybody else is in there and BYU gets invited, I can't see a reason why they would not uh, move forward and go and go participate in that conference. Blaine, it's being shaken up quite a bit, which is good news if you're BYU. You've kind of waited for you know the drink to be stirred a little bit here, so you get a chance maybe at a Power Five league. That's the end game for BYU football. It feels like um, Independence has been. Hey, we, we, we can't be with Utah in the Mountain West and have this sort of partnership and, and you know, compete in this league. So Utah gets a better opportunity. BYU's like, all right, we'll go independent. We'll be on ESPN. We'll make the best of the situation. It's been a decade. Things are being shaken up now. I'm hoping BYU gets an invite somewhere to the bigger party because I don't know that independence is sustainable for another 10 or 20 years per se and BYU compete at the level it wants. So do you feel like... BYU needs to join a league in the next five or ten years if they don't get a Power 5 invite, say to the AAC or something like that, not the Mountain West, of course. Unless the AAC's television contract, you know, we talk about the Mountain West's television contract, it it really is about the ability to compete from a dollar and resource perspective. And, And right now, those leagues don't offer a better opportunity for BYU than staying independent. So how long can BYU stay independent? As long as ESPN's willing to continue to to have that partnership. So if ESPN saying, listen, let's sign another six year deal or another eight year deal. And these are the financials of it. And it's significantly more than you would get by being in the AAC or in, or in the mountain West or one of these others, um, that, then, then it, you could sustain it. And you could say, no, we'll, we'll stay pat for right now. Um, and hope that there's a further shakeup of, of, well, they're not going to be the P five anymore. They're going to be whatever. Right. Um, but, but the power conferences, and I think BYU's, best opportunity right now is with all of the shakeup to somehow get into what's left of a P5 league, whether that's the big 12 or the PAC 12. And, and I do think that these become, you use the word desperate, but it, it's t- it's a time right now that's so different because of what the SEC is doing 
that teams are going to perhaps overlook some of the little petty things that they were worried about with BYU because it certainly wasn't about their athletic program, right? We know it wasn't because their athletic programs don't stand up to the programs in the leagues that they've wanted to get into. The last time they had this go around, it was the Big 12 or the, or, or the yeah, it was the Big 12. It, it wasn't that athletically it wasn't a great fit and they didn't bring value. It was other things that people were pointing to. Well, maybe those other things have a little less importance when you're struggling to just stay alive. And, and perhaps this is the time that BYU takes advantage of that and gets in. So your answer to the question revolved around the financial status of BYU able to get a better TV deal with uh, ESPN and Independence than the AAC, uh, which is absolutely true, right? There's more money there. At some point, do BYU's priorities shift in that? Does BYU value the competition of playing in a league, having an auto bid potentially to a playoff if it's expanded, having similar but not as much money to where you have a conference context uh, and whatnot. Is that is that an option at some point for BYU? Because I agree with you that right now BYU football values being on ESPN more than it values being in a league. And, and right now their exposure is better being on ESPN than being in a league. BYU gets far more exposure, um, especially when they win, by virtue of the contract and the national the number of national games they play compared to the top teams in the AAC. So, so it's not just the dollars. They get more dollars than they would being in the AAC. They also get significantly more exposure. So it's those two things. Now, if, if, if the AAC were to be structured where the dollars were the same or close, um, you still have to think about exposure. But I do think that if the dollars were the same, um, then all of a sudden it becomes a viable, a viable option. You could maybe, you know, t- take a little bit of a step back in terms of exposure. Um, I mean, you think about it. Utah, who's in the Pac-12, has less national exposure than BYU in the current situation. They play less games on national TV. They get fewer eyeballs on them playing in the situation that they're in, in terms of exposure. So, so it's not just the AAC that doesn't provide BYU exposure. It's, it's the contract that BYU currently has in independence um, is, is built around this exposure thing. That's one of the reasons they went and did that. And then the financial piece is there as well. The question is when everybody starts to congregate in these leagues, are they going to have difficulty scheduling, right? And, and and if the playoff expands to 12, it sounds like now that, because of all that's going on, might get pushed back a year or two. Um, I, I think BYU's an independent has an opportunity to get into that just as well as they do uh, in an AAC or a Mountain West type of a conference. Now, P5 opportunity, or what currently is P5, um, maybe is a little bit different situation. So there, there's just so many factors that are involved in it, but I think money and exposure are right at the top of that list, right? All right, Blaine, this is going to sound weird coming from me, but let's move away from the conference realignment talk and actually... <laughs> no! Where, where, what? Hey, Shep, hey Shep, Shep and I stood in the gym. Shep rode the bike for like four, 40 minutes, and I just stood there, and all we talked about was conference realignment. It was, it was fantastic. It, was, it Why really was. record that? We could have just played that it back. Could have been right a, it here. could have been a very, yeah. very good show. I, t- I will we, tell you that. What is it, it now? We, 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 we covered it all, and Shep did exercise while we do it, and... And I got I got mental stimulation yes. out of it, but by my muscles and my cardiovascular system, nothing. It yeah, was nothing. Uh, my cardio so. was fantastic that day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cardio, there's going to be a lot of running uh, over near the uh, the SAB as fall camp starts this week. Thursday, day one. Um, obviously, everybody's focused on the quarterback. That's where I want to start with you. I don't think any of us anticipate that the, publicly they will be naming a starting quarterback anytime soon. From an internal standpoint, though, Blaine. 
when does the team and certainly the quarterback, when do they need to make that announcement internally in terms of the guy that's going to be the guy getting the reps? Well, I think the coaching staff would like it to be so obvious in the first three or four days that, that everybody knows, and then they could make an announcement at least to the team. My guess is that it's probably going to be around a week. I, I think after a week or so of practice, um, they'll have enough reps in to, to, to see what they're looking for. And, and I think, you know what, they're, they're looking, they're going, hey, if Jaron Hall can come back in the fall and play the way he did in the last five or six practices of spring ball with that kind of consistency and take care of the ball, um, then it makes it really easy on him, right? Um, if he's inconsistent, then they go, do we go with Romney, who, whose name is consistency, right? He just doesn't make bad decisions. He takes care of the football. There's so many weapons. Or do you go with Jacob, who had flashes of brilliance in spring ball, but once in a while looked like a freshman, tried to push the ball into places that maybe he shouldn't try to push the ball in, whether that's overconfidence or just an experience. We, we watched the same thing with Zach Wilson as a freshman and sophomore, right? And so, so there's that development curve with the freshman. I think what everybody's hoping is, is that Jaron, who has experience and has a crazy top-end skill set in terms of his speed and the things you can do with him in the offense and the, and the run game and the scramble game and the quarterback on the move, his big arm, his accuracy, he's got good leadership. All of those things, if he can be just very consistent in the first – five, six, seven practices, then that makes the decision easy for this coaching staff. And I think that's what they hope for. And, and I, so I think maybe after a week, maybe five to seven practices is the time frame you're looking at to just say, okay, this is, this is how this is going to go. And then let that guy settle in as a leader. One of my favorite things about fall camp, Blaine, is watching some of the newcomers that, let's be honest, it's BYU. We've waited like three or four years for these guys to show up, right, finish their senior year of high school, go on a mission, come back. Sometimes they redshirt or don't play much, and then they have an impact. Who are some of these newcomers that you're excited to watch in fall camp that we're going to see make an impact this season? Well, the, the most important one is, is Jacob Conover. Even if he, Even if they say, Hey, the other guys are great. We're good. Let's redshirt him. Remember, you can play red shirts now, right? So, so we're going to get a glimpse into the future. And after watching him through spring ball, I went to almost every practice in spring ball. He's excited. Like guys, he's really, really exciting. He's gonna, he's gonna be fun to watch. He's the future. And uh, and so I can't wait to get my eyes on him in, in a game. And I think everybody in quarterback position is that way, right? But, but more than guys that are, are, are coming in right now, I get most excited about guys that were contributors in maybe a smaller way that I feel like are going to make a major jump and now be big-time guys this year. And, and that excites me more than, hey, who's coming in off of a mission and going to get some playing time or what freshman might get playing time? I don't know that we have an Isaac Rex this year that's coming in. But, but I think that Batty at defensive end is going to make a major jump this year, and we're going to be going, whoa, this guy could be a superstar. And everybody's a little bit concerned about the D-line. Is there Are there some stars on that D-line? Is there depth on that D-line? And I think a couple games into it, we're all going to go, well, there's a star on that defensive line, and there's the guy. Um, and so I'm actually more excited to see what he becomes this year um, th- than I am about any brand-new guy. And you know what? Somebody will step up and become an Isaac Rex. I just, there's nobody that was there during spring ball or that's coming in the summer um, that I'm going, oh, you know, th- this, this guy good, um, 
uh, is, is going to have a huge impact. I mean, one one guy I would look at, he's not necessarily brand new because he's been in the in, in the in the program is is Christensen at at uh, at that nickelback because um, I think that he can have a big impact this year. Yeah, I love it. Can't wait. Blaine, we appreciate the time. Uh, we look forward to after further review tonight at 7 Eastern. It's going to be awesome. You guys are back. We're back starting tonight. We'll see you there. Okay, Blaine Fowler joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Always excited for fall camp, which starts yeah. Thursday, by the way. The players report tomorrow, and then they practice on Thursday. Let's go, baby. It's here. Let's go. Can't yeah, wait. We made it. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. All right, coming up, we look at the position U rankings. Very interesting for BYU. And the best of the best from the Texas legislature bashing on the Longhorns yesterday. It's funny. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYUSN right now, Kiki ready to rock from rocking mustaches to rock, paper, scissors, and of course, the BYU rock itself. Get ready to rumble and check it out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. That was three rock references. That was pretty good. I like that. You only uh, missed Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He is Jason. I am Jerem. Let us whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Happy birthday goes out to one Zachary Capono Wilson. Uh, it is his birthday today. He's only 22. 22 years old. And uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeted out the following. A big QB birthday today. Jets QB Zach Wilson turns 22. Tom Brady also turns 44, as many are aware. But that makes him exactly double the age of Wilson while looking <laughs> practically the same age as him. First of all, I did not know they shared the same birthday. I didn't know either. That's awesome. Hey-o. And he's absolutely correct that they both look the same. So who looks younger for uh, for actual age? Zach Wilson or Tom Brady? I don't agree at all that they look the same age. There's no way. Zach looks like he's 17. <laughs> And and uh, Tom looks like he's 29. So yeah, there there is certainly not as big of a difference when you look at them as there actually is in actual age. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Which, by the way, um, Zach Wilson on his birthday is going to have in the next uh, I think 11 more days. They have to pay him in the next uh, in 14 days. More millions in a signing bonus than he is old. Oh my goodness. 23 and a half. Granted, taxes and agent take some of that. Kyle Whittingham says this year's Utah team is comparable to the 2019 football team. Are you concerned? Uh, if it's accurate, yes. Because 2019 was really, really good. That team was ranked as high as fifth yeah. and then blew it against Oregon and Texas. Yes. Um, yeah, Which, if, that's, if that's the if case, that, I'm If concerned. that is accurate, there's a reason to be Now, they don't have yes. an established quarterback like Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley throws for like 70% that year, and he's incredible. So, yeah, I'm all right, a, a report surfaced yesterday that Clemson and Florida State from the ACC have reached out to the SEC about membership. It's all the rage. Every, Florida all the State thinks it. it's 2004. Yeah. Uh, Clemson and Florida State, how, however, have both denied that report. So when all is said and done, just how many members is there actually going to be in the new SEC? I wouldn't be shocked if the SEC is NFL 2, where... It's, it's 32 teams. The league. And it's the league. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be shocked at this. I 16 or 20 sounds about right. Like, to, honestly, 20. They have, four, they have uh, like, the SEC has 16 starting in That's what I mean. So, yeah. I, so whether you stop Adding there or, or go to 20. Yeah. So you either you either stop after yeah. Texas and Oklahoma are added. And again, BYU. Or maybe go four. Again, BYU, just reach out if they haven't already. Hey, uh, heard they reached out. 
Florida State kind of sucks right now. We're better than them. Uh, I would love to be able to deny a report that BYU has tried to get into the SEC. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Last night, our homie Dave McCann tweeted the following. Hey, at Utah Jazz, sign Jimmer for that. Hashtag take note. Jimmer liked the tweet, of course. Would you like to see Jimmer running it back one more time in the NBA with Utah Jazz? It's like my world's colliding. Of course I would love to see it. Is like, it going to happen? Well, no, it's not. You're like, of course. would I like to eat a cougar tail at the BYU-Arizona game? Would I like to eat a cougar tail filled, filled with Raising Cane's chicken at a... Yeah, of course. Yes. That would be a weird sensation. Um, it's not going to happen, but of course I would love to see it. Look, Jimmer... Is Jimmer going to be... Is the NBA an option for him? I don't think I, it I don't, is. I don't know. It's I would love point. to know because right now he's unsigned. I would love yeah. to know yeah. what is out there for him right now. Right, right. I, I yeah I I don't think he's going to play for the Jazz. I, I would not expect that. All right, Brady Christensen. Is, this is usually what happens. You get the rookies. Yep. You have to have to sing or do something in front of the team. Uh, Brady Christensen with the Panthers got booed off the stage for his rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody at the Panthers talent show. What would be your go-to song if BYU Sports Nation had a talent show? Oh. Well, you this gotta, is easy for me. It, it, like, I love Toto Africa. It's a little high. i got to be warmed up. But you got to do something popular that people would enjoy and sing along to, like Katy Perry Firework or something like that. I figured you'd go something Weezer. My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Nickelback? Yes. Yes, photograph. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so Creed, my... Creed higher. I take it back. Okay, yes. Uh, mine is easy, and I've referenced this on this show many, many times. It would be Ice Ice Baby from Vanilla Ice. Yeah. That's, that, that would be... That's me. You're stuck in that... That's That yes, would be yeah. mine. I know yeah. every word to it, and yes. I would Amen. have no problem with it. Amen. I love it. Okay, uh, fun stuff from the Texas legislature yesterday uh, from Max Olson. Uh, Baylor AD, Mac Rhodes. Many of my colleagues around the country believe that the University of Texas created this situation because they think so highly of themselves. My humble opinion, I completely disagree. I think it's because they felt too little of themselves. hey Don Williams, Char- Charles Perry to Jay Hartzell. If you're as big and great as you think you are, you should have made the Big 12 equal better than the SEC, and you didn't do it. I kind of feel sorry for the SEC. Cousin Eddie's coming home, and he don't leave till he's wrecked the whole house. Also, <laughs> there's more. Texas State Senator Lewis Kolkhorst asks what the UT athletic budget is. Jay Hartzell says it's 220 to 225 million. Colcourse, that's without a winning football team. Hartzell, we've been winning, just not like we just uh, not like, like we like to win. Yes. Colcourse, three and seven against the Horn Frogs. <laughs> Maybe your fan base would rather lose to Alabama than TCU. Also, Texas two and seven versus TCU. Not three and seven. TCU's like, hey, how'd we get brought into Wait this? Wait a minute. <laughs> Which of those was your favorite? Because that's insane. Uh, I I can never go away from a Cousin Eddie reference. <laughs> it's great. Cousin Eddie's one of the greatest characters in cinematic history. It's great. Setting uh, someone up to talk about a three and seven record, two and seven, is incredible. I'll go with that one. <laughs> That's just, hilarious. Get yourself something real nice. Can you imagine in the Utah <laughs> Senate chambers, they're talking about BYU-Utah Utah State records and stuff. That'd be crazy. All right, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, bigger win for Provo. Okay. If BYU got Notre Dame to finally come to Provo to play the Cougars, mm-hmm. or Raising Cane's opening just off campus today. What's what's bigger? Well, what's bigger BYU, win. BYU's not getting Notre Dame to come to the program. By the way, the answer is Raising Cane's. That is the bigger win. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It is. Another Cousin Eddie reference. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
Chili of the Month Club. Like, look, you're, you're, Notre Dame's not coming, so yeah, so it's so, a bigger deal because you're going to at least be able to enjoy the delicious Notre chicken. Dame. It would be Notre Dame if that happened. So you're going with Notre Dame would be the bigger thing. Yes, I completely disagree with you on this. Okay, we're still waiting for Raising Canes to wait. Hold on, hold on. Whoa! Oh, Taylor Osler, one of our amazing yeah. students. Thank Hello. you, thank you. Raising oh. Canes, we got it. Okay, because so Raising Canes say, actually happened during the show, it's Raising Canes. I oh, my yeah. Mind. We will enjoy this during the break. Thank you, Taylor. Yes, awesome. thank you so much. It's one way to sway an opinion, right? Smells good. Dude. So good. All right, coming up. Texas our Toast. Top, our Top 5 Tuesday. It's a Neil Powell edition. Texas Toast, I think appropriate, given everything that's happened. What position do we want BYU known for? It's been quarterback. Is it still that? Do we still want that? This is BYU Sports Nation. They were toast, apparently, against TCU. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem Jordan talks with men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead about his volleyball family, the miraculous story around his twin sister's birth, and his obsession with ultra marathons. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. John's an interesting cat. Yeah, check out the podcast. Okay, welcome back to Studio B, BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. we got our Raising Canes. We're feeling good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, ESPN came out with some rankings of the top ten teams and programs at different position groups. BYU not listed in any of those, but made some moves. Sorry, they went beyond ten, but not in the top ten. Uh, quarter, quarterback U, BYU went from 56th to 32nd. I think that's as of now. If this is 1990, BYU is probably number one, right? Um, thank you, Zach Wilson, for the 24-point uh, place jump. Offensive line jumped from 73rd to 58th. So thank first-team All-American Brady Christensen at left tackle. So BYU's been known as QBU for a long time, at least internally. Zach Wilson sort of helped resurrect that. BYU's had some other notable quarterbacks, of course. Um, what position do you want BYU known for in the future? Is it quarterback or is it something, some other position? Well, let's just get this out there. It doesn't matter what BYU does. And I think that right now it's probably linebacker you, quite frankly. Feels like it. Because, because of the guys that have – but BYU will forever be known as QBU. Even if you go through a period where you're not getting the play at the quarterback position that, that maybe, you know, that you've – that you had when you got that that nickname, right? Like BYU will always be known as that because of it. It's it's like it's like USC. Yep. You're always they're always going to be known for running backs. You know what I mean? It yes. just that's just the way it is. Yes. So, but I think right now I think it is linebacker. When you look at what Fred Warner is doing, Kyle Van Oy. I mean, it's guys from BYU. Taki Taki. Sione Taki Taki. Harvey Longy. Making their names in the National Football League coming out of BYU at that position. What I want it to be is quarterback. I do want it to be quarterback because yeah. it's the it's the prime court, uh, position on a on any sports team. Yeah. And so if you're known for that, that says something, but I think right now it's probably linebacker you. Yeah, I would like it to be quarterback. I agree with you that uh BYU's been a better defensive team than offensive team in terms of NFL talent. Yes, you have Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and now Zach Wilson. Um, but defensively, look at the guys that BYU's put in the NFL recently, like you mentioned, Sione Takitaki and, and uh, Fred Warner, Michael Davis, Harvey Longy, Kai Nakua, Bronson Kafusi, uh, Robertson Daniel, Lonnie Fua, Wanayunga, and so on. Daniel Sorensen still there, Kyle Van Noy, Ziggy Ansah. This BYU, Bronco Mendenhall's program was built on defense. Yep. 
with tremendous offense as well, but not a, not as many of those guys translated to the NFL as maybe we were hoping. And what has happened with the undrafted free agents primarily on the defensive side of the ball? BYU's produced guys that have stuck, which is pretty awesome. Daniel Sorensen is a lifer in the NFL uh, as an undrafted free agent. Obviously, Taysom Hill on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I would like it to be QBU. Zach Wilson got BYU back in that conversation. Absolutely. And we've had some fun convos over the summer about where Zach Wilson fits. Listen, as the years go by, he will go higher and higher up that mountain because of what he did last year. Um, I, but there's also this theory that I think is really interesting from Brady Papenga. He shared it a few years ago. He said that in the mountain region, BYU can get the mountain man types, which are offensive line, sure. linebacker, tight end. I totally agree with that. I think that those are the easiest positions for BYU to recruit. Let me point out an individual that you're going to hear about in fall camp that will make an impact on this season in the two deep that will be a starter at some point. He's from Montana. His name is Dylan Rollins. He's going to be a baller. Okay, He is the mountain man type we are talking about. The Isaac Rexes, the Dallin Holkers, right? The tight end. Tight end's a spot that BYU has thrived at as well. There's an argument that BYU used a tight end school as well as a quarterback school. So it, it, it's exciting. Offensive line needs to be a strength of this team. And I think BYU it's getting going, closer to that. Yes. I think it is getting closer to that. I'm excited to see Daryl Funk and in the first year get his shot at guys that I think BYU's had tremendous offensive line coaches over the years. And Robert and I switched the offense in 2013 to a go-fast, go-hard thing. And BYU went away from the type of offensive linemen they have traditionally had for an offense that catered to Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. Less bulk. I, it was less bulk. They were and much I think, leaner. I think that worked had Taysom Hill been healthy. He wasn't, so it wasn't as effective as perhaps they were hoping. But it was still good. I'm just talking like being real good. Where BYU's had good offensive linemen over the years. But your thoughts on the mountain region Types it makes total. Is that the space where BYU can really get it done? Yeah, and quite frankly, I think that's the number one priority, and I think it has been the number one priority since Kalani Satake came in with his recruiting staff. That's look, he knows having played the game how important the offensive line and the defensive those guys up front are. It, it, they are the ones really that determine in a lot of ways, the outcome of the game. And so the fact that, that they've come in and made that a priority, I think that's why you have started to see the, the change, certainly on the offensive line, the number of guys, just physically how they look. They do not look the same that they did five or six years ago. It's, ba- it's back to where it was yeah. 10 and 15 years ago when it was big, hefty guys you just were not going to push around. Yeah, eating and- a lot of raisin canes. <laughs> is going to have two tackles that are 6'8", 300-plus. How about that? It's great. And that's what BYU <laughs> used to be. Like Freeland and Harris the Chance. BYU used to have those guys across the line, and BYU is getting back to that. I, I, I love the idea, and I think that that's exactly what the coaches are trying to get back to, is to be able to dominate the line and getting those guys that are going to be that are going to make that difference. Linebackers always loaded for BYU. Tight ends, that room is super loaded. We feel good about Three quarterbacks right now, a running back that had 1,000 yards last year and 7.5 yards a carry, just ridiculous. Offensive line, two starters are back, but like eight dudes are back that have started a game. I'm stoked about this. I do want to point out in the secondary, specifically at uh, uh, cornerback and safety, right, in the secondary, BYU has made great strides the last couple years there. Michael Davis being a starter in, in the NFL 
from a guy that didn't even play a ton his senior year due to Dine one Gonwoloku being good as a youngster, awesome. Gonwoloku and Warner are trying to make it with the Rams right now. Uh, the fact that uh, you know uh, Chris Wilcox is drafted, first BYU draft pick since the 90s at cornerback. That's a position that BYU struggled to get. BYU's getting better at that position, which is awesome. So, yeah, we'll see what position BYU is known for in the next couple of years. All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And Top 5 Tuesday, Neil Powell edition. Most under See the Dax Milne of 2021? Dax Milne underrated going into 2020? Top 5 Tuesday featuring Neil Powell coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. Oh, there's the elk himself. Isaac. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Top 5 Tuesday, let's go. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Neil Pau edition. Let's hit it. How about we head up to the Smurf turf for number 5? It's the 48-yard catch and run touchdown versus Western Michigan. Yeah, it was against the Broncos, but not Boise State taking on Western Michigan in the bowl game. Check that out. Making the move, catch and run for the touchdown. Zach Wilson as excuse me, Zach Wilson as we remember was perfect on that day. Neil Pau 2 for 57. And BYU's 49-18 win in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl will always forever be remembered as the perfect day for the Zach Wilson. For 18. That is yeah. a very nice play from Neil Powell. Number four, 35-yard catch against uh, UCF. We all remember this beauty from Wilson to Powell. To me, this is one of Zach Wilson's greatest throws. Into the bread basket. Mm, put some butter on it. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, Riley Nelson on the radio call goes, wow. Just incredible throw from Zach Wilson that probably earned him $2 million just that throw. It's not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. All right, number three. Our 28-yard receiving touchdown versus Portland State back in 2017. Remember all the way back? That was Neal's first career game, his first career touchdown in that game. It was his only reception on the day, and it was the only uh, receiving touchdown for the Cougars on that afternoon. BYU winning in that opener 20-6. to A rare highlight from 2017. <laughs> Number two, diving catch versus North Alabama as seen on BYU TV. Had to say that. Powell, uh, just one catch of the game, but definitely top five. Check this out. Mm. In the back corner of the end zone. Nice route, nice throw. Nine touchdowns that day for BYU, 166-14. And number one, everybody knows where we're going with this. It is the toe touch in the back of the end zone against UTSA. The Powell play we've all been waiting for. Look at it. Look at that. The concentration makes the catch, gets the toes down in the back of the end zone. Just a spectacular catch and number one on our top five Tuesday. Incredible play. This is the angle to really see it. Zach Wilson gives him a chance. A la Robbie Bosco, Glenn Kozlowski, 1984 Holiday Bowl. Perfect lob pass. Yes, incredible. Except I think Robbie Bosco was throwing his away in 84. Who knows? We'll have to ask Robbie. Those are the top five plays on Top 5 Tuesday. Our question of the day. Is there any reason you would want BYU to turn down a potential Big 12 invite? At Brooks Proof on Instagram. Because without Texas in Oklahoma, the Big 12 is Mountain West 2.0. Iowa State's AD said as much last uh, week. <laughs> Unless they can add some teams worth playing or the Big 12 is guaranteed a playoff spot, it doesn't make sense. Uh, 
Well, there are things that make sense. Increased revenue, at least through 2025. You still have ESPN. You're on. At at what point? At what point um, does it matter what TV channel you're on? I guess in 2021. Obviously, there's an advantage to being on ESPN because ESPN's on more places than anybody else. Correct. They help you set up games and hopefully are paying you the most money. That relationship's incredible. I'm just wondering the difference between 2010 and 2021 in terms of it's not, access to college it's football. Not the, it's not the same anymore in terms of like where you can watch It's more things. accessible. Yes, correct. Like I, I wonder with BYU fans, and maybe this is a discussion another day, if BYU was on a streaming service every game but they got more money, are you okay with that? Like, does it yeah, ma- is the, do, it, like is the gamble P five and on a streaming service or yeah. P five on and on something else if, if, greater if, than if, yes? If BYU was in the Pac twelve and they were on Pac twelve Network every game, I don't mind. Yet the relationship with ESPN is extremely valuable, and it's more than just the money. It's on TV, yes, so I understand that. It question. is the reason yeah. why independence has worked for BYU. It's because yeah. that strong you relationship with ESPN. You don't do it if you don't have ESPN. Agreed. Yeah, Thomas. Agreed. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Troy Brown on Facebook. BYU can join even for one year or six months and become a member, then the Big 12 implodes. Then we're a protected member and would be included in an expansion of the PAC or other conferences. I don't think the Big 12 survives, but it will get us mafia-like protection. I don't actually believe that would be the case. Um, so I, I uh, disagree a little bit, Troy, on that. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by, like, Texas Tech might be screwed regardless. We'll see. It's presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Of course, Raising Cane's. Thanks, Taylor Osler, for going to get that. And the Texas uh, legislature in the meetings. Uh, that was some pretty funny stuff. I know people cannot smell in the studio right now. We're not 4D the, quite yet. The smell of chicken is so great right now. It's it's chicken. Who doesn't like chicken? That kid's fantastic. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. <laughs> the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry, not sorry to Dennis. Been enough time. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Adam Haysburg. Check out the season debut of After Further Review tonight, 7 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs! We got some chicken to eat, baby!